You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adult Time. Created by award-winning filmmaker and previous podcast guest, Brie Mills, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. Adult Time is a platform where mature audiences can access a huge variety of premium adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 180 channels, 60,000 episodes, and at least five new releases every day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, Vivid Entertainment, and so much more. They also have exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Get one week absolutely free by creating an account at adulttime.com and using the promo code HOLLY. That's A-D-U-L-T-T-I-M-E dot com and use the code HOLLY. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now, you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item. Something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Today on the podcast, I have Karma Rx. I only recently worked with Karma for the first time a few weeks ago, and she thoroughly impressed me, not only with the fact that she's an amazing model and a great performer, but she's also just one of those kind of like no bullshit people who says exactly what she thinks and is just like across the board, straight up honest about everything. And though that may come across as, I don't know, a little... I don't want to say aggressive, but you know, some people can't handle people with those kinds of personalities. I personally love people like that because I love people who tell it like it is because so many of us do not, including myself. I'm not always as honest as I should be. So having someone like Karma on the show was just um, a lot of fun for me. And I really appreciated having a conversation with somebody who was so open about her life. She and I share one major thing in common. Uh, we both relapsed after seven years of sobriety. So obviously that's something that I want to talk to her about. But there's a lot more to uh, karma than just her struggle with addiction and her consequent journey to sobriety. So let's get right to it. Karma RX, everybody. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have Karma RX on. And um, if you're not a member of my Patreon, then you missed our, our fun little drug and alcohol story <laughs> that we had before we started. Because Karma is sober like me. And uh, it's impossible to like, I don't know, not start talking about that right off the bat, I feel. Um, probably just because it's my favorite subject. But we're going to talk about other things too. 
We're going to talk about porn, we promise. So, Karma, how are you? I am fabulous. How are you? You look amazing. Thank you. It's, I did my makeup just for you. I know. <laughs> you texted me yesterday. You're like, is this on video? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I was originally just going to come looking homeless like usual, and then I read your call sheet, and I was like, oh, fuck. You, you look good without makeup. <laughs> you know, I, I had this conversation with my brother last night. Mm. I would really like the world to agree with that, but from like lots of trial and error, I don't actually look. The public does not accept me without makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I try to shoot with no makeup. I'm like, I never wear makeup, and then they're like, uh... <laughs> Could you do something about that? <laughs> so we've accepted. Well, I mean, when you shoot, you kind of need something just because the lights blow you out and it's like the camera, you know. People should just accept that I'm fabulous no matter what. You are fabulous no matter what. You are. In fact, As is everyone. In fact, you are so fabulous that um, we recently shot a scene for Twisties in a tiny bathroom with you and Jade Baker. And I was convinced it was going to be like the worst I was like how am I going to do this this is fucking awful and you guys killed it and I just recently watched the scene and it looks really good yeah I'm pretty excited to see it yeah I mean you guys did like upside down pile driver that's, like up against my trademark stalls. I created that I just want to take credit for the upside down pile driver yeah. is that like your I thing that I don't think anybody else will ever do it either because my position on that on the floor is not comfortable. <laughs> no. No girl's going to voluntarily do that. No. <laughs> do you have a favorite position? Um, for normal porn? I mean, it depends. Yeah. On the per, I like Mish. Yeah. Uh, people who say Mish are boring are fucking boring people. Yeah. Why is that? Because Mish is like beautiful. I like intimacy. Yeah. Like you look at to look the other person. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, I mean, a lot of people are like, I don't make love. I only fuck. I'm like the complete opposite. I only make love. Like, if you can't see that in my porn, you're not looking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the whole, like, the, the kick in it for me is like trying to, like, pull intimacy out of people when I didn't deserve it. I call it fabricated intimacy. Cause mm-hmm. you shouldn't meet someone 10 minutes ago and then be able to have that kind of intimacy. Right. And it's right. not just that somebody's dicks in me, you know, I'm yeah. like, Ugh. you yeah. don't need to say much to be able to like share a moment with another human. I like that. I You're think kind it's of beautiful. Like transcending the yeah. idea of porn just being like a penis in a vagina. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I've had lots of penises in my vagina. It's not really all that to me. <laughs> like porn is amazing. Cause I can like get things that I have a hard time getting in real life. Um, do you mean like connection with other people? Yeah. yeah it's kind of like this weird, like it's like a bullshit uh what's the word like i like i skipped the line mm. um cuz in okay like, <laughs> like the dating and like the getting well, to know each other yeah and, and i and i i mean i've been working I'm in therapy for like 10 years now i think but like i have a hard time with intimacy when i know somebody really well like the mm. more i know them the more invulnerable i get um and so like with porn it's kind of the most intimate sex that I can have. Yeah. Because usually the more I know somebody, the more I just kind of close off emotionally. Do you feel it because it's, you're afraid that they're going to hurt you? Um, they, they say. The therapists. Those doctors. <laughs> those um, therapists. What do they know? It's, I mean, part of it is it, like, you know, you probably know that addict thing of like, if somebody ever truly saw me, they couldn't possibly love yes. me. Like that inherently unlovable thing. I was born like that. Yeah. And, and it's gotten better, like to where, I mean, I'm, 
I've got, especially in this last year, like I'm pretty vulnerable with like my, my dude, like the, Mm -hmm. with people in my life, but it's taken many, many, many years. Yes. Um, and so sex has always been for me, like almost this completely dissociated act where I'm like essentially watching myself have sex from the ceiling. Hmm. Uh, and I couldn't be present in my body. I, I couldn't come for, you know, with a human in the room, um, <laughs> yeah. till, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, that's something that I struggle with a lot too. Yeah. And so porn kind of bridged that gap for me. I don't know what it is because I'm not really worried about them judging who I am mm. because they don't know who I am. Like right. My scene partner is somebody I just met and, you know, and they don't ever need to know who you no, are. You may never see that person They don't even again. know my fucking real name. So there's like a safety in yeah. a way. Yeah. So I, I call, that's the fabricated intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like I just pull intimacy out that I didn't have to be vulnerable for. Um, like I think the intimacy comes at the cost of vulnerability. Right. Um, and I don't like to do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I've never heard anybody describe it like that, but that makes so much sense to me. <sighs> But yeah, it's so missionary. I also like the lazy doggy. I don't call it lazy doggy, but like when you're laying flat on your stomach. Like, yeah. I like sex to feel, I also coined it the cuddle fuck, um, <laughs> <laughs> where you're basically getting a hug, but there's dick in you. Like, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> me and uh, James just did like a, some, I mean, it was a funny like content thing where we're just like, dude, let's, can we just be like lovers? Like grade school, like, yeah like make out and shit it was great i mean we also banged but he did like a, he was holding me like a baby like on the bed but he was like like cradling me and then fucking me i was like dude this is amazing i'm like <laughs> you like working with james right i love him yeah i love him what are some of your other favorite performers um oh god whenever people ask me this i'm like i just panic because yeah, i'm like there's people like, I, if i don't yeah out. if i don't yeah. mention them they're gonna be like what the fuck yeah and you know um and and some of it is like a lot of it has to do with like how close am I to them outside of porn? Like mm-hmm. I love James because we've had several. He's saved literally saved my life three times now. Mm-hmm. Um, like been just he, it just coincidentally he's been there at some like crazy moments in my life, um, and so that's part of why like I I feel so strongly about him. Mm-hmm. Whereas like there's a lot of performers that are great performers and I love working with them or I love fucking them or whatever. But again, it's all about intimacy for me. Like, right. give me a, <laughs> I'm like an intimacy addict at this yeah. point. <laughs> I'm yeah. starved for it. I want to just literally pull it out of people. <laughs> <laughs> well then, because um, you can then kind of give it back. Yeah. You don't have to like carry it with you and then like be responsible for the things that come with intimacy. Which yeah. is like trust. And like, yeah, I mean, like so, some of that stuff, like it's like I said, the, the last year I've gotten a lot better at it mm-hmm. um, to where now, I mean, I feel like I've been starved of like intimacy for so many years that now I'm just like, it's like I'm a weird like little intimacy drug addict. Like, give me all of it. And I try to, <laughs> and I try to take it when I didn't earn it. And then yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I earned it. Like with James, I burned it. Right, right. Um, he's always like, stop telling people we're friends. So <laughs> you can fuck yourself. <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh I love that. That's really cool. So how did you actually get into the adult industry? Um long story and a short story. I'll give you the shorter one. Okay. Um essentially I I mean I was doing like Snapchat uh premium bullshit before I was married or I was married and I was doing like Snapchat stuff, but I didn't mm-hmm. do boy girl. And then when my marriage didn't work out, um it was kind of like an impulsive decision. Like I, I moved out and I left, and I, you know, I left without, I didn't take any of my money or any of my stuff. So I was like, essentially like 
slept on the street for three days, like again. Wow. Um, and I mean, because I just like to, I make impulsive decisions and don't think things through. And if mm-hmm. something doesn't feel right, I'll just fuck off. I don't care what it costs me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I didn't really have any money coming in because we owned that Snapchat business together and right. whatever. So, and it wasn't like a huge leap for me to do porn. I was right. Just, you were already kind of doing it. But yeah. I mean, I had, in my, in my mind, like when I decided to do the Snapchat thing, I had already cut ties with the things that I would lose from doing porn, quote right. unquote. Right. Um, like family? Yeah. Like I'm not going to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, no hate, like no shade on anybody who's in porn who has children. Obviously it's not for me. Like, mm-hmm. That's one of one of the things that I believe in pretty firmly, mm-hmm. like for myself. Um, so adding a dick into the equation didn't really make, you know, it, it didn't mm-hmm. change anything to me. I wasn't like given anything up for, right. by doing porn. Right. Um, and because of like a lot of my life decisions and circumstances, there wasn't much for me to lose by doing porn anyways. Like mm-hmm. I'm never going to get a, like a government job anyways. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that, that was never on the table for me. So, um, yeah, I was just. It was, and and I came in with the following. I already had a pretty big Instagram and all that stuff because mm-hmm. of the Snapchat stuff, and so it was pretty easy for, you know, I, I worked almost every day from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and it was awesome, and I love it. And so, how did you get into doing Snapchat? Were you just married to your husband, and you were like, well, "Hey, we like." Originally, this. we had a we had a um, he had a couple businesses, like a vape shop and a tattoo shop, and whatever. Okay. And he wanted. I, I hate social media. I've mm. never had it. I didn't own a fucking Instagram or like, I mean, to me, it was the most narcissistic, like bullshit ever. Like, oh, look at me all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, and I still kind of feel that way to yeah. be fair. I have a hard um, time taking selfies sometimes. Yeah. I don't really take silly. selfies. Like I feel like, especially if somebody's in the room. Like, oh, I know. Right. It's almost oh, like you see, it's like you secretly try <laughs> to take one. You're like, is anyone watching? Yeah. No, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. To me. Like that part hurts. Like I'm ne- I've never been embarrassed in porn. Like shooting a scene in a room full of people, but like take a selfie of my like <laughs> oh god, I want to kill myself. I hate it. Um, but anyway, so he wanted me to like help market like for the companies, his companies or whatever. So yeah. he wanted me to make an Instagram, and so I was like okay. And then like you know, and it just kind of um, the Instagram got. I mean, it, it didn't just get big. I did a lot of bullshit. I like researched like how do you like how do you grow an Instagram mm-hmm. and like learned all the little like technical things. Like it's not just about being pretty. I also paid yeah. to be pretty, uh, <laughs> put a lot of money into being pretty um, so that I could market that and use yeah. that to, you know, to market for him. And then like my Instagram was probably like, I think I had like maybe 150,000 followers when I started doing Snapchat mm-hmm. because it was, everybody was like, post to make a Snapchat. And I was like, I don't even know what Snapchat is. And I made a Snapchat and they were like, make a premium Snapchat. And then, I mean, I was dog shit poor my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I was homeless for four years. I was in poverty growing up. I was poor then, you know, working 90 hours a week for fucking getting paid for 40 mm-hmm. minimum wage, like whatever. And so the first day I did the premium Snapchat, I made like $3,500 in that first 24 hours. And I'm wow. like, I do this now. <laughs> like I never had that much money in my life. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, okay. Wow. Um, and that was just incredible. like masturbating on Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, evidently people like to see me put stuff in my holes. Like, sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I started doing the Snapchat thing. And I wasn't really, and that got pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, for It was like before everybody was doing it, it was before Fan Central and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was me and then 
uh, Viking Barbette. She's my wife. And we're not really married, but we had, we had the two companies that, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up having like girls that worked for me. I was like a little mini, like bullshit version of Fan Centro. Oh, interesting. But I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. So part of like doing porn for me was like, I didn't have to do all that bullshit anymore. Like yeah. fucking chargebacks and, and dealing with customer service and like adding people to, I mean, it was the fucking full time, like, I hated it. Yeah, the back I made, end is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I made more money than I'll ever make probably again, but it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, like I realized I'd gone a year and I hadn't like gone to lunch with somebody. Yeah, like I have all this money and I have to buy everything on fucking Amazon because I don't have time to go to a store. Like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> never again. Like, there's a balance. Yeah, you know? money's not everything. No, especially if you don't have the time to enjoy it. Yeah, That's quality of life and money. Um, yeah. Yeah, to me, it's kind of there's a balance somewhere where you're mm-hmm. making enough to enjoy your life, but you still have time to enjoy your life. Right. Um, which costs money. Right. <laughs> Especially in this city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was the first porn scene that you did and who was it for? It was for reality Kings. Okay. Um, they got me, um, well, mind geek got, had a, my first four or five boy girls. Okay. They got me on a contract for that. Did they approach you? Or did you approach them? Mark Schechter, um, my agent okay. contacted them, I believe. Um, and he was like, Hey, we have this Instagram girl, you know, or whatever. The Instagram model. Let's say yeah. like a button topic. Oh, I'll, I'll get emails <laughs> from, from, they'll be like, Oh, there's this new Instagram girl. Like we want to sign Instagram her. girl. Like, Gross. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the new way to get traffic. Yeah. It's you just, know? you know, I have like two, uh, almost two million followers now. And it's yeah. like my account, my Instagram has been deleted 25 times. Wow. And I have to pay a bunch of money to some like, you know, shady company in India to get my shit back. And it's like, you know, at some point, like you realize like none of that means anything. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a financial value to it to some extent, but it can be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and the more times, I mean, I'll never pay to get it back again. If they fucking delete it again, I'm done. Mm. I'm going to go live in a cave. Like I'm sick of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, so it's like, yeah, this Instagram model thing, but, but then people are building lives off of this, this idea that can be taken away in an instant. I know it's scary. They hold a lot of power over yeah. people's lives. You delete my Instagram, I no longer exist in this world. Yeah. You know, and that's a bold statement, but it's kind of true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and it's also like a huge source of the traffic that you use to source your revenue. I yeah. Assume. I mean, for a lot of things, it's not just porn. I barely advertise, I don't really advertise porn on my um, Instagram, but it was like, if I was selling some kind of merchandise or like mm-hmm. back, uh, back when I had the Snapchat thing, I was selling merchandise and like whatever. And, um, it was uh, awesome to have until mm-hmm. they take it away. And then right. I'm like, Oh shit, I can't pay my mortgage. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So who was your first scene with? Who was the performer? Technically Ramon. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, the first one they released as my first was a different one with mm-hmm. Sean Lawless. Okay. But my first actual scene was with Ramon. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm still in porn. Because of Ramon? Yeah, it made me come I, like 15 times. I, I was love, like, yeah, I like this job. <laughs> I, I love Ramon. I've actually, so my mom started shooting Ramon when he was 18. Wow. So we've known Ramon for a long time. I love him. He's great. Hey, mate, that whole, I mean, I wasn't uncomfortable at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I would be a little bit for some reason. Yeah. I wasn't. It was just easy for me. Do you think it had to do with, like, the crew and... I'm and sure that setting? played a part, but I think some people... You know, pe- you're either 
made for porn or you're not. Yeah. I think. I agree. And for me, it was, there was never any like, oh, there's other people in the room. Like, I'm not shy yeah. about my body or having sex. I'm not afraid to fail. You know, there was yeah. a lot of things like, I didn't know how to ride a dick to save my life. I still don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see a girl who can ride a dick, go fucking watch somebody else. Yeah. I will enjoy sex and that's what you can watch me do. And so long, I've always felt like, I'm like, some, I'm really like some creepy, like, 50 year old man that jerks off in his mom's basement but like in a hot girl body and I'm like one of these days they're going to realize I don't belong here and kick me out (laughs) well it's funny that you say that because I remember you know for the scene that we shot for Twisties with Jade you played like this like uber you know like aggressive (laughs) and you're like hey what's up and Jade's like this pretty you know little like petite like girly girl and it was you you played that role really well it's very funny you're like this feels so natural yeah yeah, well, pretty close to who I am, minus like the the clothes. But so, do you think that? So it's interesting that you said that like porn is perfect for some people and not for other people because I think that that's very true. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of times when you have people like you know in the mainstream media who are coming at us and saying like porn destroys people's lives and and that kind of thing, they love to always pick the people who should never have gotten in the right. industry in the first place. Right. So do I you, think maybe seven percent of us should be here. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you encounter? I mean, what do you do when you have somebody when you're working with someone who like clearly like? Well, they don't book me with 18-year-olds anymore because I always scare them off and tell them to go do something else. Really? Yeah, I'll convince a little girl to go fucking do something else. Um, so <laughs> they just- I, I've, I've talked people out of it, too. Yeah, because sometimes, I mean, yes, we want, you know, I want porn to do well as a as a industry. Mm-hmm. That means new bodies, like whatever. I am not, it, to me, it is not worth sacrificing some naive 18 year old, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or not 18 year old, but I, I, it's hard for me to hold 18 year olds accountable for their actions because they're not physically capable of making good decisions because the brain's not developed yet. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to me, that's, that's becomes like, a, you know, I was, I was talking to someone about this yesterday or debating. He said arguing. I say debating. Um, <laughs> uh, and a lot of people have a lot, of, you know, different opinions about that. I don't really like to work with 18 year olds. Um, you know, and, and it's not like, I think porn should be illegal. I, I don't know that I don't think, I, I don't know. Do you think their age should be raised? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm not going to push a hard boundary on that, but I know that for me personally, I just won't work with people who I don't think are mentally capable of dealing with it. Yeah. Um, because that makes me feel wrong. I'm actually, I feel like I'm actually damaging them mm-hmm. and, and they might think they want to be there, but like in my head, I know that you don't even really know shit because you're, yeah. and, and not to say, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to, you know, talk badly about the 18 year old performers that we have. We have Mm -hmm. some that are super, you know, mature and like Mm -hmm. take good care of their lives and whatever. And it's not about them personally. It's about like, um, brain development. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And, and there's always exceptions. There are some who probably should be here. And I I just, you know, come back in two years. If you still want to do this is kind of how I see it. Yeah. It's Um, an interesting debate because it's like on one hand, I I totally agree with you that it's better to, wait until you're older because you just want to make sure that this is what you want to do because there's no turning back. Like once you're on the internet, like you can't take yourself off the internet. I've had girls reach out to me and ask me to like delete their scenes off my website, which I'll do, but I can't control where else it is. Like it's on affiliate sites. It's out on like, they're like, girl, it's too late. Yeah. You know? And, um, 
And I think that some people don't really think about it and they just need the money and it looks very glamorous. Yeah, and to I them. don't think anybody should do porn because they need the money. Right. I like part the of the money's not worth it. No, no amount of money is ever worth that to yeah. me. Um and, and like I you know, I started doing porn real porn when I was twenty four. I don't look back on it, but I made a very clear decision, you know, as far on a financial basis as well as based on other factors. Mm-hmm. Um I bought a house within a year. I you know, like I had a, I had a whole plan. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like, I don't feel good about myself. So I'm going to have the internet validate me. Yeah. And when I see girls who, it seems like they're doing that, it's like, because I already know what will happen that mm-hmm. you'll never feel validated. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just going to hate yourself. Like you didn't know you could. Yeah. Um, you know, that freaks me out. And I, and I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to be victimized and, uh, by this industry. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that, that like the industry is evil. It's like anything that, somebody decides can be a bad thing for them. Yeah. Um, and it could be a bad thing for you and it could be a good thing for me. And that doesn't make porn bad. Right. Um, I don't believe that porn is bad. I believe I, I have a lot of opinions about, um, uh, the way the industry does certain things, mm-hmm. um, or, or how we allow public, uh, opinion or, uh, like the things that the public wants is what we create. Mm. And I don't know that, you know, like How do you mean? with free porn and the, and clicks, you know, and okay. so it's become a lot of incest stuff, a okay, lot of really young, saying. like, yeah. you know, girls that look like they're 12. Um, and I think that so long as we allow the world's sickness to determine what we create, like that's a sip, slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, and, and I attribute a lot of that to free porn because there was a time when we controlled what they got to watch. Yeah. Um, if it's not on the DVD, you don't get it. Yeah. And I think that, and not to say that somebody's wrong for liking certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as an industry, we're partially responsible to create, um, product that i mean you can steer sexuality mm-hmm. you can i mean i know for for myself personally i could you know i go in waves of like i want to watch people like hug and make out mm-hmm. to like some sick shit yeah um and 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 i personally have learned like learned a long time ago that when i get to that point where i start feeling uncomfortable with what i'm aroused by mm-hmm. i can reset it i can go watch two girls make out until that's hot again mm-hmm. um and then like go back through the cycle um, but I feel like like America or the world kind of as a whole has not reset in a while mm-hmm. and it's getting like uncomfortable. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, people create a lot of that faux incest porn because that's what sells. Yeah. And so there's so much of that being churned out now that like that's almost all that there is. Yeah. People can't jerk off unless I'm fucking my brother. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> and there's not like other kinds of porn. So I almost feel like. Could we maybe just not produce so much of that? Yeah, well, other I, I really, I really think that you know. Again, not to say that one kink is bad and one yeah. isn't. Um, I'm into some weird shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easy to stand on a moral high horse when you don't think your own sins are bad. Right. Um, you know, and I do think my own sins are bad. Yeah. You know, and but but I think that um, porn is is largely our industry is largely responsible for shaping what 
you know, how far the world gets out of hand. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, you were on set with me talking. I mean, (laughs) me and Jade were talking about conspiracy theories all fucking day. I won't start on that, but, um, but I, but I would just walk into the room every (laughs) once in a while. You got to get your makeup done and be like, this, Uh, like, are they going to be able to have sex after this conversation? Well, no, actually, I feel like you guys like fell in love over like your common, like love of conspiracy theories. I'm like, this is going to be a great scene because they're both crazy. No, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, No, but I I think that, like, uh, as a society, we we like to pretend that what we do doesn't have an effect on other people. Mm -hmm. And and what we do personally and as an industry has an effect on other people. Yeah. Um, I think it also, I think also, too, you can even, like, go deeper and just trace it to, like, just capitalism. Like, people just create what makes the money. Yeah, absolutely. And also, too, the porn industry, especially now with the internet, it's, like, it's it's not like a... You don't like get to come into the porn industry because you like went through some training class and like got yeah. a certificate. Like yeah. anybody can do it, right? And with the internet and especially with like free porn plat- porn platforms, anybody can put anything online. So yeah. it's literally like it's a free for all. It's a free which for is all. dangerous because yeah. you know not to like restrict freedom of speech or whatever, but like there are some sick fucks in the world and a lot more people from being in porn kind of what I realized is that or maybe maybe I see too much of the dark now mm-hmm. um, because it's thrown in my face a little bit mm. but um, I realized the world is a lot sicker than even I ever thought mm-hmm. um, you know I I, I I don't look young mm-hmm. right at all you put me in pigtails I look like a 40 year old whore in pigtails <laughs> um, but I did like some daddy daughter bullshit with somebody and like and I don't like, you know, whatever. I had comments on that, like, I wish I had a daughter so I could fuck her. I'm like, should I call the cops? I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'm making, like, a cute fantasy thing. And then, you know, maybe it's not the majority that, like, now is, like, looking at their daughter weird. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm a like, holy fuck, did I just contribute to something? Like, yeah. I'm not comfortable contributing to that. Yeah. Um, You know, not to say that that's everyone. But, right. like, I see all those comments, I guess. So it makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I giving to the world? Right. Like, what is, what is my contribution to society? Right. Um, but do you think that also, too, that there maybe is a possibility that somebody already had that inclination, and then maybe by watching that porn, that's, like, how they kind of release it or they get off to that and so then they don't have so to I've done a lot it. of well here's the thing <laughs> that's just me being too I'm not a, I'm not a doctor um, but I have done a lot of research on this specific uh, mm-hmm. topic uh, not necessarily the daughter thing but whatever this this whole sexuality yeah. to me and again you know I could be totally wrong and I'm always down for debate and mm-hmm. I accept other opinions but I believe that sex sexuality is not one of those things that you get rid of by acting on it mm-hmm. it's kind of like drug addiction mm-hmm. that's like I'm addicted to crystal meth right I've been sober for a while mm-hmm. but like saying oh well I'll just do a little bit of crystal meth like on the weekends like away from other people so I can get it out of my system mm-hmm. I don't think that that helps my in my my main problem okay yeah so like complete abstinence from that it's like you know pedophilia or anything else Mm -hmm. complete abstinence kind of the only way to go learn how to jerk (laughs) off to something else right you know um because sexuality seems to me that the more you act on it the bigger it grows Mm. um and you know i've done a lot of things sexually Mm. (laughs) and, and you know and i've been in therapy i'm i'm you know, I'm pretty fucked up sexually because of, you know, 
a lot of my life, mm-hmm. you know, like life experiences and like certain things, you, you can create a monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if I did everything that arouses me, I wouldn't be a very good person. Like, yeah. like I always talk about the limp fetish, right? I am incredibly aroused by a limp body. Show me like a girl passed out at a, at a party. <laughs> I want to put things in her. Uh-huh. That is not correct. I don't get to go put stuff in her. Right. It doesn't matter that that turns me on. Right. All right. My sin is not any better than anybody else's. Right. Maybe it's a little more socially acceptable um, than pedophilia, but mm-hmm. it's kind of just as fucked up. Right. Um, I don't put things in unwilling, uh, unconscious bodies ever. Right. Um, does jerking off to that make me want it less? No. Hmm. You know, limp porn is legal. I jerk off to it all the time. Just makes me notice more limp bodies. <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe that's just me, but I don't, like, I don't, that seems, uh, scary to me to, like, focus all your attention and your sexual energy on something, hoping that it'll make it smaller, like the daddy daughter thing. Mm-hmm. You jerk off to that enough, and, like, somehow that makes you not want to fuck your daughter. See, that's, it's interesting because it's kind of different for me. Like, I'll, I'll have some, like, strange fetish and then I'll masturbate to that for a little while and then I'll get sick of it and then I'll, mm-hmm. and I never want to act on any of my fantasies. Huh. Like, I'm, like, terribly dull huh. when it comes to, like, my sex life. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm with one guy. <laughs> and, like, we only have sex with each other. Huh. Like, you know. Um, but I do have, like, certain, like, fantasies, like, gangbang fantasies. And you can ne- get it out of your system. I would never in my fucking life ever have a gangbang hmm. never but like i like to masturbate to the idea of it yeah but i don't actually want it huh you know yeah and and i think that's where you know maybe i've seen too much of the people that do act on it mm-hmm. uh because of my life mm-hmm. um and and that's where i say like i you know again i don't know i just right. know what i see um from my own experiences and so you know i could be totally wrong and maybe that you know if we're creating porn that helps people uh not act on their desire to like fuck their kid then i'm all for it make it but i would like at least some kind of like you know tell me if it does or doesn't i would like a doctor to tell me if it does or doesn't yeah and if it if it makes it more of a risk then i don't want to make that porn right right um I knew this was going to go here. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I like that you have some kind of social conscience around the stuff that you do because a lot of people don't necessarily, you know? Yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, I've always, I think I've always had a social conscience. And uh, especially because, you know, we're both in sobriety. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my life taking, mm-hmm. you know, only taking. That's all I did mm-hmm. was take from the world. And I, I do feel that I owe society something. And not just because of that. Like, I, we all owe society something. Mm-hmm. Uh, life isn't free. And being right. in society isn't free. And we all have a responsibility towards society and our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems like America has become this, like, very self uh, absorbed, like I, I only take care of myself mentality. Yeah. Um, and then the whole yeah, community like the whole suffers. Yeah. The stuff, the community yeah. suffers for it. The world suffers for it. Mm-hmm. You can look at that within my neighborhood, within my state, within my country, within the world. Um, and all of it, like if I choose to like just be selfish and not support my, my specific community, mm-hmm. the community suffers. If I, if I buy stuff at the stores within my city, my whole city does better and right. they can make better roads. Like it, I think it all applies. And people thinking that what they do doesn't have an effect on the world is really fucking dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Because I care for whatever reason, I still care about the world and I want it to be, um, you know, I think of it as like, like my neighbor, I I just bought a house, uh, last year, Mm -hmm. um, or I guess the beginning of this year. And my neighbors are like this perfect little family. And like they, the first time I met them, I almost cried. Like, like sweetest little, like perfect family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I'm like, it remind like I forget sometimes that that still exists, mm. um, and I want to protect those people from everything. Because you don't want them to experience what you did. No, I don't want those little kids to experience what I experienced. I don't want I don't want anything bad to ever happen to that little family. And just because I'm apathetic and don't really care that much about life, um, <laughs> doesn't mean that I want that for them. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, with even within my neighborhood. If the shit goes down, I will be out there with my AR-15 mm-hmm. protecting my neighbors. <laughs> I feel like you're somebody that I would really want to like be to. with during the zombie apocalypse. Right, right. You know, like like you definitely you. I want you on my team. Right. So well, if the zombie doesn't take over. Yeah, my house. I'm, I'm well, actually, go stay at my neighbor's house because okay. my house is going to go while I'm you know trying to defend them from yeah. from the evils of the world that that. Right. That don't have anything to do with them. Right. Uh, and not to say that I think anybody's perfect or any family's, yeah, I'm sure they have their, like, their closet, whatever secrets. Mm-hmm. They're not as fucked up as I was at their age, those kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> at all. Yeah. You're sure and, about that? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it is like you can visually see. Yeah. You, you can only act so much. You can't, I can't pretend I'm wholesome. Mm-hmm. You know? People mm-hmm. see right through it. <laughs> um, well, you're also an incredibly like honest and open person. Yeah, I've been, can't help that part. Have you always been that way? Absolutely. Yeah. Even on drugs, which was very unfortunate. <laughs> it is not a good uh, way to live if you're trying to do shady shit. <laughs> like, did you? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> but that's also probably part of why I got clean so young. Yeah. Um, I've always been disgustingly honest. Um, and it's like the one thing that's probably the only thing that I've, that I, um, that I've always done kind of flawlessly and that mm-hmm. I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you have like a really good sense of self-awareness? I think that the longer I'm alive, the more I do. Yeah. Um, I, I read a lot mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and I started reading a lot really young mm-hmm. and, and that was one of my biggest fears I think was like to, to be, Worse than I thought I was, you know? Mm. And I took that too far when I was young and thought I was, like, just some piece of shit all the time for existing, mm-hmm. um, which is not safe and that leads to, can lead to drug abuse. Right. I'm like, well, I'm just a piece of shit anyways. Right. Um, but I think, like, humility really is is having a, a general awareness of, like, of your relative importance in the world mm-hmm. um, and being able to see your, your flaws and your strengths. Yeah. Your strengths and, and how you can use those strengths to benefit other people. And if you can't do that, you know, you're worse than you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, all of us have value in the world and you know, I find that, and I'm sure you understand what I'm saying being in recovery that like, you're the worst parts of you and the worst moments in your life can actually turn around and become something positive Absolutely. because that experience can help you help somebody else who's going through the same thing. Absolutely. And and I think farther even than that is that, you know, like a lot of the, like the, the things that were negative or, or that sucked about my life growing up have made me 
um, care very, very, very much about like my little neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just, you know, they're not on drugs, mm-hmm. but, but just being, <laughs> just living the whole life that I lived and, and going through bullshit. Like I see how, um, I can see what's innocent and beautiful in the world. Um, even if I don't get to fit into that category and anymore. you want to protect it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and part of it was like, um, earlier this year, like, um, and I can't get into that, but I had some crazy shit happen in mm-hmm. my family, like rocked my whole world. It was right, right when I, right before I relapsed, mm-hmm. I relapsed over this like event. Right. And, um, I had gone to, uh, to the, I had talked, like I lost my shit mm-hmm. and went to the, the cops and the FBI. And I was like, Hey, you know, cause I, I posted this video and, um, like, uh, on, on YouTube of like me talking about a, a topic and, I got all these weird responses, started getting all this weird information mm-hmm. um, because I opened a, you know, a jar of worms that I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. So I went like to the FBI and I'm like, here's all this information like that. I know, like do something about it. And they told me it's not our job. Mm. And I, and I, and I researched it and it's like, okay, the, the police's job is to convict, mm-hmm. to, to catch people doing crimes and convict them. It's not to pre- prevent people from being shitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not to protect us. Um, their cops, their cars say protect and serve, but it's not actually their job to protect us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes it our job. It makes it my personal job to make sure that my neighbors are safe. Right. That my, if I had children, that my children are safe. Right. Um, it's not, you know, it's not the police's, it's not somebody else's job. It's not the government's job. It's mm-hmm. our job personally. And, and I feel like people don't really feel responsible. Yeah. And they should. Yeah. I think I should feel responsible for, Everybody in my community. Yeah. Um, because who the fuck else is, I'm supposed to count on somebody's shitty parenting to like keep their kids safe. Yeah. You know, we've seen that people aren't very good at being parents. Not that I would make a good parent. I wouldn't, but, (laughs) but I can do my part within the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if everybody did just a tiny little bit more, uh, the whole world would change, you know? That is true. Amen to that. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back. Over 20 years in the adult industry, and I've seen a lot of naked people. In my line of work, making sure your private parts look their best is absolutely required. An unmanicured man bush is a huge no-no, whether you're getting naked in front of the camera or just in front of your sex partner. However, the landscape of male genitalia can be tricky to navigate, which is why I'm loving this new trimmer, Manscaped. The Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0 will not only get you cleaned up without nicks or snags, but it also comes with an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. My boyfriend just used it, and let's just say it was... It was lovely. This is the perfect gift for your man. Or, if you're a man, treat yourself to this revolutionary new electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com and use my code HOLLY to get 20% off with free shipping. That's manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, and use my code H-O-L-L-Y to get 20% off plus free shipping. You won't regret it. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, 
you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. All right. So we're back. So I want to ask you about um, your relapse in sobriety because you and I share like the same amount of time sober before we relapse. I relapsed at seven years. You relapsed at seven years. Um, so people who have listened to my podcast know my story. They've heard it 10,000 times. They're probably so sick of it. (laughs) Um, but what, what was your story? Um, which part, the relapse part or the recovery part? All of it. (laughs) Oh God, we don't have enough time. (laughs) Um, no, I, I got clean when I was right before I turned 19. I had been homeless for four years before that. Wow. Um, Like homeless, like on the homeless. Yeah. Sleeping on concrete. Um, so there was a whole you know, that's a whole other story, but, um, I had seven years completely, you know, doing the program, like completely clean. And, um, and it was funny, like when I relapsed, I had just bought, I had just bought my house and, uh, I was in it for three days. And I mean, there was a lot of other stuff that, it, that was going on. Like I said, I had this right, you had some event, family yeah. event. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of contributing factors. Um, but a big part of it, I think was just that like, because I was homeless, like I've been obsessed with buying a house, right? Since for my whole life, since I got off the street, that makes sense. Because I've never, I don't have like parents that have money. I don't have any of that safety net bullshit mm-hmm. at all. So like, if I drop the ball, it's dropped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I and I live with probably like a little bit of unrealistic, but a lot of it is realistic fear mm-hmm. um, of, you know, if I fuck up at all, like I'll just be homeless again. Mm-hmm. Um, and some part of that is probably not really real anymore but mm-hmm. um but i still it's like a driving force for my life right and so I, I was obsessed with buying this house and i fucking worked my ass off and like i mean pulled strings that should never have been able to be like the fact that i got that house like i went from homeless to a homeowner in seven years and i don't say that to brag but i'm very very fucking proud of myself for that mm. and um a lot of people like you know, have an opinion about how I got that money to do that. And, and my response is for one, like I like porn. So whatever, that doesn't offend me, but also like show me any other way that I could have done that in, in that amount of time. Um, people don't understand how hard it is to just not be homeless anymore. Mm-hmm. Like get a job. Like you can do that with no address or shower. Like, yeah, it's kind of harder than you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, I got this house and it was like three days and I was sitting there looking at all my like perfect shit that I loved. Um, and I just like, like, I don't know. I think part of it was that I, that I didn't know where to go from there. Mm. And then a, another part of it was like, 
They it was say, almost like anticlimactic. Yeah, I, I was yeah. just sitting there in all my perfect shit, and I was like, wow, I still feel the same. Yeah, it's funny how it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't fill that void. No, all that money, nothing all that does. Success, nothing nothing does. And I had just, it was like at that time, it was January, and I had, or beginning of February, I guess. So I had just t- taken seven years clean. I won some award for porn. Um, I just had a birthday, um, just bought this house. It was like, everything was as good as it could get, but I also had just had this family thing happen. And it was, and, and, you know, it hurt me like nothing ever could. Like, I didn't even know that a human being could feel like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there just like, like, what was it fucking for? You know, mm-hmm. if I'm still going to feel like this, like what yeah. was sobriety for? What was working my ass off for? What was buying the house for if I'm still going to feel the same as I did? And that's not like, you know, that was a moment. Um, I don't feel that way. Right. You know, I'm pretty happy like all the time. Yeah. But like the, the sadness that came with this like event on top of everything else was just like, I was just so fucking apathetic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and they say like the, you know, the disease never fucking stops doing pushups or shit. Yeah. And like, I really never thought, and you probably get this. I never thought that I was going to, like fall for this like cliche shit that people relapse over. And I totally fucking did. Yeah. Like I really somehow convinced myself that I was going to do drugs normally. Like I was like, I have money now. I was homeless before. A lot of my problems came from that. I didn't have any money. So I'm like doing all this crazy shit to get drugs and committing crimes and like, and never hooked, but like just doing shit I wasn't very proud of. Right. Um, And I was like, I could just go buy them and then like do them in my sweet house. Like I'm not going to get arrested, like doing drugs on the street. Like I have a home. Like I really convinced myself this cliche, shit yeah. that like and and what scared me is that I wasn't I was completely calm when I relapsed like I always imagined that if it happened it would be like fuck this, this like moment, some emotional like chaos, no yeah. and I was totally calm my palms didn't get sweaty like my heart rate didn't increase I just fucking made this decision and, and like threw my whole life in the trash and that terrified me mm-hmm. uh, I got I only got high for three days and uh, James Dean is the reason I stopped getting yeah. high. Like he just happens to walk in on like these like moments for me. Wow. Um, uh, but really, you know, it was like I, I relapsing was the most heartbreaking thing I ever did. And it wasn't because I threw out my time. It was because like, I realized I don't have anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. I don't like drugs anymore. I didn't like the way that I felt. It was not a solution. Um, I, I had convinced myself over that seven years that like, if everything really sucks bad enough, I can always go back to this. Yeah. And then like, it wasn't at all. Yeah. Not at all. I it was like, it didn't feel. No, I just made me fucking feel worse. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, this is dog shit. Like, I'm actually gonna have to learn how to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm actually gonna have to accept that, like, there isn't a way out, and I have to just be present and learn how to tolerate life. Yeah. Uh, which sounds like such a childish thing to no, say. But- oh my god, I can't tell you how much that makes sense to me. Well, like, so much sense. Yeah. What I mean. It sucks when you can't escape it. It's like, yeah. why do I have to deal with this? Like, yeah. why can't I escape this? And like, some, like some childish part of me is like, why can't I just have been given like the basic cards that everybody else got? Mm. You know, and not like a pity me thing, but like I wasn't dealt a very good hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I supplied myself with some worse cards. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it was choices. A lot of it was bred into me. But yeah. like, sometimes like, dude, this is fucking hard. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and like, my options are go be homeless um, or or keep trying, you know? And that sounds like, it sounds, it's embarrassing to say that. Like, that's so childish. Like, mm-hmm. um, but in that, like, in that moment, it was like, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, and especially like, you know, part of like sitting in that house was like, some of the stuff that I felt that I had given up uh, and my inti- my intimacy issues and shit that we were talking about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm going to live in this house alone for the next 60 years and then I'm going to die here. 
Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Never going to be close to anyone in my life. Um, I sealed that deal by doing porn. Um, and these in, are all the things that are like running through your head. Yeah, in that moment, I'm not that saying moment. that this is what I believe. Right, right, right. But in that moment, yeah, I was like, wow, I literally isolated myself in in my worst nightmare. Yeah, and it wasn't you know homelessness was easy. At least I was close to people when I was yeah. homeless. You know, I was uh, I was actually talking to my brother last night. That like I kind of understand why rich people get so shitty. Like people with money or fame or power, and a lot of it is like it's very it can be very isolating. Yeah, and you and it's like I always knew people sucked, but I never knew how much they really sucked until I had something that they could take from me. Mm. Um, to where like I don't have friends unless they can benefit off me right. somehow. Yeah. Um, and you start to see that, like, when you're poor, you never could. Right. Um, like, I had closer friends when I had nothing. Because you guys needed each other. Yeah, and it was, like, it was kind of beautiful. Like, the, the relationships I had when I was homeless, I had nothing to fucking offer anybody. Mm-hmm. And they still were by my side. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. But those same people now uh, are not my friends. Mm-hmm. Because I have stuff, and all they can do is take from me. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, I play a part in that. I give, and I suck, and I give way too much, and I enable, and I do all that bullshit. Right. But it's like, even my my normal friends, like my friends, quote unquote, now, mm-hmm. it's like, I, all I can see a lot of the time is like, how they use my status to benefit, or to profit off of me. Right. Um, which wasn't in the picture before, and so like, part of me understands, like, you can't go back from that. I can't just... Um, quit porn, stop being, I'm not, I'm not rich, but I have more than I ever had or mm-hmm. more than I need. And uh, I can't just stop doing that and go back to like not knowing how much people suck. <laughs> and that's a negative. I don't think that way most of the time. Right. But, but there are, you know, there are, there's good and bad for me about all of this. Um, I, sometimes I feel like I sacrificed all the things that matter to have everything that I wanted. Um, you know, I didn't realize that those were the things that mattered. Yeah. But they're already sacrificed. So now I, you know, I make the best of it. I do have a sweet house and, you know, a couple of friends and, you know, I care about the world and that's good enough. Yeah. I just, you know, and again, back to the 18 year olds doing porn. They can't think about any of this shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just, just keep that option open because I made a very conscious decision to do porn, weighed the options with a sound mind, uh, and like six years, five years clean Mm -hmm. and, you know, not that I, I don't regret it, but mm-hmm. there are, I wish I had understood how much you really give away when you give things away, mm-hmm. I guess. Same with drugs. Drugs yeah. were the same way. Yeah. People told me this is going to take everything from you. And I didn't realize that human beings could lose some things. Yeah. So I thought I was agreeing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so but do you have, like, do you have any friends that you feel close to that you feel are like care about more than just your status and your 2 million Instagram followers? (laughs) Um, It's difficult. I would say I I don't want to offend any of my friends. Yeah, they're all saying this. Wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, not that any of them are probably listening to my podcast, but I mean, I, they, I probably do have friends. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, I'm pretty jaded about, I mean, if they ask me for anything Mm -hmm. and I always give it to them, Mm -hmm. but like, pretty jaded about it i know i know what you mean i have very few close friends and even the close friends that i have like i don't see them very often and sometimes i feel i often feel pretty disconnected from Mm -hmm. them but i just try to i don't know for me i try to one thing that i find that is important for me is to manage my expectations of people yeah because i think that we put too much on other people and we think that like they're gonna 
always be there for you. I, they're gonna I do always, that as you well. Know? And, and, it's like and people can't I, do that. Well, I'm at this weird, like I'm aware that I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is that I really believe that I only ask what I do. Okay. Um, I only ask as much of other people as what I offer right. in a friendship. Right. And maybe that's still unfair. Mm-hmm. Maybe different people value different things. Um, and there's a part of me, I'm never, you know, porn is not why I'm not close to people. Right. I've never been close to people. Right. Porn was just a way, a, a way to solidify that. Right. Um, but some part of me, it's like within relationships as well. I, I'm okay with being alone mm-hmm. and I'd rather be alone than sacrifice like honesty. Mm-hmm. That's probably the end of most of my friendships and most of my, I'm very, 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 very honest all the time about everything. Yeah. And like most people aren't. No. And so like, and I see one little fucking lie and I just, I don't want anything to do with somebody anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be some little meaningless bullshit to me. It's like, I don't even want to be your friend. I have no, like it's repulsive to me. Um, and so like, even just that one thing, just the honesty thing, like I hold people to a very high standard and <laughs> most people can't like measure up to that. Yeah. I'm going to say nobody can. Um, yeah. <laughs> seems, honesty is a really hard thing for people. I don't understand it. Because there's so many consequences that come with being Yeah, but honest. like, I guess to me, that's the biggest, the biggest proof of weakness. Mm-hmm. Like that you can't even just own who you are. Mm-hmm. Like what is you're, you're, you can't even just take responsibility for what the fuck you are. Yeah. And to me, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> and that's what honesty is. Like I'm, I'm brutally honest. I'm honest when it fucking costs me everything. Mm-hmm. When somebody asks me some shit that I'm, I fucking know the consequences of it. Yeah. And even when they were very bad consequences, like when I was on drugs, I still fu- like nothing is more disgusting to me than like saying some bullshit to like get away from the consequences of my actions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, that's always a tough one. <laughs> because that, yeah, that like, it's not just like oh, you lied to me. Like you're, you know, to me, it's like you're you're not enough. I don't, don't want to say enough of a man. You know, so yeah. I I consider myself more of a man than a lot of men. Yeah, but um, but yeah, if you don't even have the strength of character to own your mistakes, right? Eh, what value are you as a friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you, especially like yeah. Honesty is a hard thing, especially I feel like in this city where everybody's trying to be something that they're not. Yeah. Um, We're all trying to create this, like, life, this, like, facade and, you know, this social media. And some of it's, like, I I struggle with it in porn because it's, like, you know, my agent's pretty awesome. He doesn't give me a hard time about Mm -hmm. the stupid shit I tweet. But, like... I'm supposed to be myself, quote unquote, but then also still be marketable, which <laughs> like one is not, you know, you are not, your true self is not marketable. No, I mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, I think that like part of why I did well in porn and why I do well as like a public figure is because I just say what the fuck I think. Right. And I think it's kind of refreshing for people. Like, yeah, even if they don't agree with me, just yeah. like, well, at least we know what she really thinks. <laughs> There's something, there Nobody is something, would make that up. there is something very refreshing about like knowing where you stand stand with someone yeah you know and not like being unsure of how they feel about you well yeah and and it's not like i'm not mean to people if i don't like them it's it's like i don't believe one of the things that i believe very firmly is not putting people in boxes like Mm -hmm. um and like people i I try to judge everybody based exactly on what they're doing today Mm -hmm. um and and not on things that they've done because if people judge me based off things i've done i don't deserve anything i don't deserve to live you know and so while i'm you know, pleading for the world to judge me based on my current actions, I do the same. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people who have done things in the past, like, I don't give any kind of a fuck so long as you 
took responsibility for that, did the necessary steps to be different, and that you're trying at least, mm-hmm. I like to say succeeding at being a better person now. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's pretty important. So even if I don't like somebody, a lot of my best friends I didn't like at some mm-hmm. point, um, you know, but there's nothing more beautiful to me as an addict and as somebody who, you know, has changed my life a lot. There's nothing more beautiful or strong or courageous to me than somebody who wasn't born perfect, um, or didn't have a perfect life and, and, you know, accepts that and then tries harder and fixes that problem. Yeah. It's the same as the honesty thing, taking responsibility for yeah. your actions. Just takes sexy. the broken pieces and puts it back together because that's, that's really hard. Yeah. And doesn't use their, their life experiences as a fucking crutch or an excuse to be a piece right. of shit. Yeah. You must hate people who like play the victim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. There's a lot of that. That's something that is an, it's an easy, role to fall into. Yeah, but why would you, you even point, want to fucking live like because that? Because then you can point the finger at everybody else. Oh, yeah, and wallowing your self-pity. And and wallowing in self-pity is one of the most self-indulgent things you can yeah. do. Like, yeah. oh, all this fucking warmth for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where does that get you, though? Right. Like, oh, yeah, you're a fucking victim and, yeah. and everybody did do so much wrong. Like, really, I have enough of those stories that, like, I have as as much of an excuse as anybody to play a victim card. Mm -hmm. The difference, and I have been victimized in my life. I am not a fucking victim. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like that term. Mm -hmm. I don't even like the term survivor. I actively make my life good. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't survive a bunch of bullshit. I just didn't die. And (laughs) And then I took all that trash and like created something beautiful that I'm proud of. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it is frustrating too because when people, especially on social media, which can be such an echo chamber, you yeah. know, and people go on there and they're like, "Poor me, all these horrible things," and then like people are like, "You poor thing, this horrible thing happened to you. Yeah. How could that happen to you?" Just all these like fans who know nothing about the situation yeah. or the person, they just feed into that, and I'm just like, "That's so gross." It's gross, so gross. Um, and it's okay to you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't acknowledge that like yeah. things suck, like yeah. stuff happens to me too. Sometimes yeah. I'm like. Why, why me? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, but but that takes about you know thirty seconds, and then I'm yeah. like, all right, what is the solution? Right, like because I don't want to live fucking miserable. Yeah. I've, I lived most of my well, I don't even want to say most anymore, but I'm I lived a good chunk of my life being a miserable shit. Yeah, who like everybody hurt me, mm-hmm. and like it didn't get me anywhere. It got me homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that the frame of thought doesn't work. Yeah, it's not an effective means of being successful at all. Yeah, you're definitely never going to get anywhere if you remain in that place. Yeah, gross. Especially like grown ass adults. Like I was pretty young when I'm my stories of being in self pity. I was not 18 yet, mm-hmm. and so I give myself a little bit of slack. Like I was a victim. Yeah. If you're a child, you're a victim. Yeah. Um, even though sometimes I did make choices that got me shitty consequences, like I still consider myself a victim until I was about 17. Because mm-hmm. around 17, I was in a I was in a uh, psych ward in Utah for nine months and I was sober for nine months on accident. I didn't want to be, but <laughs> I, at that point I start like, that's kind of when I consider myself responsible for my actions. Right. Cause I was, I was grown up enough to yeah. be making choices, not like, you know, just reacting to yeah, what life is tumbling yeah. around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I can't do anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
I love that. I love these are a lot of really poignant things that um, I think I'm poignant. going, I I'm going to pontificate on later. Mm. <laughs> Look at her with her sexy big words. <laughs> Those are the only two ones I know. Poignant. I looked them up in the dictionary before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I should ask you something about porn before um, we wrap up, even though I do love everything that we talked right. about. Um, so let's talk about your evil angel showcase. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, my evil sh- Angel Showcase was amazing. Um, it so, just came out. I watched all the scenes. What is it called? It's called Bad Karma. Okay. Um, and so it was my first uh, DP, IRDP, double anal, and trans scene. So it was like, you know, it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I always tell people, like, they always ask about the double anal, and I'm like, listen. <laughs> 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 I told Chris, uh, Chris Dream shot it. Um, and I told him, I was like, mark the fuck out of this because it's the only one I'll ever do in my life. So it was challenging. I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I have a lot of issues with anal. Like it, and I've, I've tweeted about it and posted videos and stuff. It was like a whole process for me um, to even be able to do anal mm. uh, because of like head reasons. Okay. Um, it was like a, a, I had to overcome some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so double anal was like a whole nother fucking thing. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing it. Yeah. I would never fucking do it again. (laughs) Ever, ever fucking do it again. Did you enjoy it at all? No. The double anal? No. I loved the DP. The DP was the most fucking, I didn't even know a human body could feel so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it might've been partly because I was in my head by the time both dicks were in my butt, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't want to say that it couldn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And maybe at some point I'll feel like I need to conquer that. I don't know that I need to conquer that. I don't. Anal is wrapped up so much in your mindset because your ass like clenches with like. With your sadness. Yeah. (laughs) It literally hurts more. Sadness makes my ass clench. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts more the more you don't want it to happen. I know. And so, like, you really have to, like, the best anal. I'm not a huge fan of anal, but there was this one guy that I was fucking for a while who also had a really big dick. And anal with him was great because he knew how to get me to that place yeah. where I was, like, open to it. Like, I'll say anal with my boyfriend my, like, is the fucking. It. I didn't even know that I liked anal yeah. until I did it with someone I'm in love with. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this is different. It is kind of all in your head. It is. And, um, because, like, I have so much, like, every anal experience I had before porn was traumatic. Mm. Um, like, trying to, like, overcome all that and make it enjoyable. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to make it to where I don't, like, break down and start crying on set. Um, <laughs> and then, and, like, that was another thing that yeah. James did with me. And yeah. I posted a video of, like, me at, like, full flashback crying. And he, like, held, it's a beautiful video. It was just, like, him kind of holding me and being, like, amazing and yeah like kind of the most like intimate beautiful wholesome video i've ever seen mm-hmm. like, even though it you know started with butt stuff uh, <laughs> but yeah be wholesome too it can it can especially like people being there for other people in their time of need is wholesome yeah. um but yeah so that it's a, it's been kind of a challenge and something that like it's it's like for me any anal scene that i do is like more than just like oh i put things in my butt. like i mean i gave that to the world like mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like very strongly about like me yeah. doing anal at all. It's and then, kind of like a gateway for you to like some, to like resolve some traumatic issues. Yeah, well, I believe in like, um, leaning into discomfort because trying to escape discomfort has never worked for me. It'll just come back and find you. Yeah, well, it's like, it's way. like the people who get sober and then like won't go to events, won't go to bars, like won't yeah. be around people who drink, you know, and it's like, okay, well, we'll go live in your little box. Yeah. And good for you. If that keeps you clean, go for it. Right. I've never been that way. No. I got clean. I had people shooting heroin in my bed, like with, 
three months clean. Um, made me pretty good at not doing drugs. <laughs> um, and I kind of see everything the same way. Like I, I rather that like I, Anal, I kind of feel like, like the anal thing, like it was taken from me. That was something that, that was taken from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to live a life of not being able to enjoy anal just because some pieces of shit decided to like ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fucking live my life like that. Mm. In like in some box, maybe anal's great. I would like to see some of that, you know? Yeah. And so I literally like did it until I could do it, wow. you know? And like, I mean, it was horrific. Like there's a lot of, there were a lot of experiences of like full break. I still do it like maybe 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, like full, <laughs> like flashback bullshit. Um, but to me that was like very important and it wasn't about porn. It was about the, like a personal feat yeah. to like, to not live my life based on like what, you know, some sick fuck took from yeah. me. You can um, take your power back. Absolutely. And yeah. porn can be used that way. Right. You know, for more than just that, you know, that specific thing. And it is for me in a lot of ways. And so it's like, it's very meaningful for me. And I hope that people can see that in my scenes that I'm not like, oh, well, we're going to do this position for four minutes and then I'm going <laughs> to turn this way. And then, you know, it's not yeah. like that for me. It's like a whole bunch of things. And I think that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, I love that. Like, and that's like a perfect example of why like porn is really wonderful for some people. And not for other people. And not for others. Because yeah. some people, like you know and of course there's that the the constant you know um narrative that porn is only for people who come from sexual trauma et cetera et cetera but like if you come from sexual trauma it can be a way for you to work through that which sounds like exactly what you're doing but for some other people it that's not going to work like they don't want to their triggers yeah it depends if you're doing it because you're traumatized and you think you're not worth anything else right or if you're doing like what i do which is literally creating better memories to override some of the trash ones it's like if you have a fear of elevators Mm -hmm. they say to just go on fucking elevators until you get over it yeah you know how else are you going to not be afraid of elevators like you get on the fucking elevator yeah um, you know, and if you're just like, oh, well, life sucks, so I'm just going to go fucking have a panic attack on this elevator and it never goes past that. Like, yeah, it's not good for you to go on elevators, probably. <laughs> I don't, that's not a very good example. But, um, yeah, I think like anything, it can, porn can be totally good for somebody mm-hmm. or it can just be a job mm-hmm. or it can be a negative thing. So can fucking working in an office, Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're like you know, office space, like ready to shoot yourself in the head. And so you go get an office job so you can solidify that like life is dog shit. And like, yeah, that could be unhealthy too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, here I am in my cubicle. I'm like, yeah. That would be me in a cubicle. Right. <laughs> I think I would die. In yeah. Like job. with my, with my gun in my mouth every morning, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I love that. This has been, this has been a really cool interview. <laughs> I, um, I, I try to warn people. Like, no, no. Oh, yeah, the showcase you- is great. Watch it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I know. It's like, so how about your yeah. anal showcase? Let's You're talk like, about trauma. Let's talk about my <laughs> anal trauma. Yeah, I can't help it. No, I love it. And I think um, what you said makes so much sense. And I think that that's probably applicable to a lot of people. And I love that you like kind of described seeing porn in a way that is so different than, I mean, you definitely bring a different perspective to it, Mm. you know, because a lot of people I don't think would ever consider, you know, porn in the way that, that you've used it as a vehicle to basically like help heal yourself and to like bring you financial stability and like meaning to your life. So I think that's really wonderful. And it bought me a house. Thanks guys. (laughs) Keep watching my porn. (laughs) Where can people uh, find you online if they want to follow? You. Well, my Instagram, if it hasn't been deleted while we've been doing this podcast, is Karma Period RX. 
My Twitter is karma underscore RX. And then everything else you could probably find on one of those two. Okay. Do you have, you have a Snapchat, right? Yeah. It gets deleted every three days. I so just follow you it. on yeah, social Yeah, follow media, me on Twitter. And, and then you'll find the new one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got you. Whichever current one is available. And then your new showcase with Evil Angel is Bad Karma. Bad Karma, yep. So go to evilangel.com to go check that out. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. I have a new movie for Wicked Pictures, which will come out by the time this podcast drops. It's called Stranger Than Fiction, and um, it's pretty cool. It's the third movie that I've written and directed for them. So go check that out. Go buy the DVD. Join the website. Um, support me so I can make more movies for them. And uh, that's it. See you guys next week. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously, I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, don't forget that I have a new podcast called My LA Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant, Eva, and it is fucking hilarious. And it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap. And I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast as well as just join our community. Don't forget too that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can also email us hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424-216-6967. So please send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will maybe get back to you on the show, um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, My LA Porn Job. We'll definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys, want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to, all of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support, because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I 
hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the podcast, I have male performer Damon Dyson. Damon is like one of my favorite guys. He's somebody that I have called in um, and who has rescued me last minute, like when a guy didn't show up for a scene or couldn't work for whatever reason. And he's always super solid. He's a great guy, always really professional, always really respectful to the girls, not to mention the fact that he's like extremely good looking. Um, so it was really cool to have him come in and talk about um, his entrepreneurship because he does have a new condom company, which is actually pretty, pretty cool. So I'm excited to have him on. He's got a lot to say and make sure that you, he's got a lot to say. So make sure that you come back next week for Damon Dice on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Unfiltered.